Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Angels to aliens, from ghost stories to angel encounters, Bigfoot sightings, alien abductions, near-death experiences, and more. Get advice and insight with Angels to Aliens. Heidi Hollis, The Outlander. Outlander. Welcome, welcome everybody to Angels to Aliens with me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. The question is, do you believe? (laughs) Join me now where we discuss the most incredible stories on the planet from the paranormal to mysteries to horror to even heavenly interventions like near-death experiences even. I will also welcome you, the listener, to send over your personal stories of mysterious happenings that you'd like to share or get advice on. I will also be interviewing some of the most intriguing guests, mm-hmm, from researchers to experiencers, authors, and other cultural creatives. And remember, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Just invent it. We're probably there. (laughs) And you can also find us at Believe.com. That is B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcasts. And know that you can find me anywhere on social media. Pretty much just put the number one in front of Heidi Hollis. So at one Heidi Hollis. Mm -hmm. That is Twitter. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. And, uh, you know... I am going to go ahead and introduce you to my next fabulous guest, Jeanette Lucas. She is known for working with authorities, police, families, and businesses on various projects. Her work encompasses missing persons, pets, missing objects, finding treasure. Now that's rare. Solving mysteries, water wells, and yes, yes, even the ghost hunting investigations. Producers and TV shows call for technical consulting on her work, like CNN, Nancy Grace, NBC, Japan, NHK, Saudi Arabia, Al Jazeera, CBS, Fox, and both many radio interviews and podcasts. Two of her high-profile cases, you have heard of them, I'm sure, Chandra Levy case with the FBI in Washington, D.C., and Casey Anthony's missing daughter's case in Florida. Additionally, she has located more than 20 missing persons cases, both alive and deceased. And today she's going to be discussing something kind of rare that she doesn't usually talk about, which are her near-death experiences to help the community understand what happened to her during her three, almost four, near-death experiences. Everybody, round of applause for Jeanette. Lucas, come on. How are you? Hey, Heidi. I'm good. <laughs> it's good to have you on. Thank you. <laughs> my goodness. You know, I, I have to confess something because you were on my show before. And um, I don't have many people who are psychics on my shows just because, how can I say, a lot of people are psychics. There's a lot of people. And, and it's often just live readings on the shows and all that stuff. And, and, uh, and when I spoke to you, I was like, holy smokes, <laughs> she's not just a psychic. She's a treasure hunter. She's this, she's that, she's a dowser. I mean, and uh, it kind of runs in the family. And, and, and now I'm going to put this on the record, too, because people don't know this. And I haven't, uh, I don't think I've had the chance to even advertise this. But when you're about to come on my program, oh, gosh, it was over a year ago. Uh, when I, sometimes I talk to people before they come on the show, but not a lot. <laughs> I spoke to you before you came on my show, and, and you were just going through the motions, just giving me a reading. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I don't want to abuse people for their talents, <clears throat> but you were going through it, and I was like, okay. And then you said, oh, oh, you're going to get some offers for TV shows. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, I see a bunch of stuff going up, coming up. And I'm like, Okay, sure. <laughs> but it's like, all right, you know, so you just kind of roll with the punches. And and then, I don't know how many months later, out of the blue, I got a lot of different things coming my way. 
and someone had sent me essentially uh, a production company sent me a contract I had just printed it out and got it in my hands and out of nowhere Jeanette texts me did you get your contract yet <laughs> I was like what <laughs> like who is this woman I like and pre we've pretty much been friends ever since is that is that a true story or not Jeanette what's your story yeah, it can be it can be annoying I know I know people say that <laughs> I'll tell people, are, are you done with dinner? Because I need to talk to you. And they'll go, how did you know I was eating dinner? <laughs> I don't know. Like, we didn't keep in touch. And it was just like, I'm like, she is just one of those bubbly personalities where it's like, you can't help but to love her. And, and it's like, uh, she's become a friend. And, and she throws stuff at me all the time. And I'll throw stuff back at her. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, what is this? But things just seem to come at you at all times. Is that right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. I get weird calls, you know, five calls a week for freebies, um, lectures, uh, everything, everything. Yeah. You know, can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. And, and this is something you've done since you were what, seven years old? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My father is uh, very famous in the field of the paranormal for his dowsing work with the military, U S military. And um, it sort of rolled downhill on me. Um, or it was a domino effect. Um, so he was very interested in it and said, I wonder if my kids have psychic ability. Um, the next level from dowsing would be psychic, I guess, or par anything paranormal. So um, he, uh, he tested his kids um, and it was really funny. I'm going to share a funny story with you guys. Um, I was at a table and we were all getting tested by one of his friends and my sisters were getting all these items right and I was doing okay. I mean, I was 50-50 and they were doing like 80%. And I thought, wow, they must be really psychic. <laughs> and then my sister said, come to the bathroom with me. I went to the bathroom with her and she said, look in his glasses and you can see the answers to the cards on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you little, you little That's funny. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, I was one of five, so I turned them in. I said, they're cheating. They're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note that you're a twin. Uh, it is. It is. Yeah, she was one of the cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> That's you funny. Know. I've never heard that one before. And and apparently, being a twin, your chances of being psychic go up. They do. They do. According to Dr. Ed May from Stargate Group, he said twins are are very heavily psychic. Um, Joe McMonagle um, on his Stargate team, what it was a twin. His sister passed. Um, Angela Ford was a twin. Her sister has passed. Um, fortunately, my twin is still alive, so I'm here to irritate her. <laughs> you know, turn her in. Right, right. <laughs> that's funny. But that, that's cool, though. So you probably, I, I just, I have to get this out of the way because, I mean, you are a treasure hunter. And, you know, people can be psychic and, you know, they could speak to your loved ones and whatnot. But you, you find things. And... And you've been doing this before, like, people have heard widely of something called remote viewing, where you could kind of locate things and identify them. But this is just something that, this is really a specialty of yours, right? It, it is, it is. Um, I was definitely affected by my near-death experiences, and I didn't really uh, talk about it too much um, when I had it, because it just seemed like, um, it was like watching a movie or um, being in another dimension. I hate to say right. that word, right, but right. it did. And um, when it happened, I thought, okay, I am either crazy or it was a good well, dream. Well, you yeah. know. well I want to get into that in a, in a minute, but your specialty is so rare. It's just something you don't, you don't hear about ever. And, and I'm just like the, the story that just always blows my mind well, there's a couple. Oh my gosh, you got several. Um, <laughs> that that always blows my mind is about you finding Al Capone's hidden treasure. Like you found it. I did. I did. You know, I, when I do stuff, I amaze myself. And when I don't succeed, I get really frustrated. So I try and I try and I try. Like right now, I have uh, three treasure hunters on my list. And I told them I'm going to work with them for about a year to make sure they find that darn treasure. Because I'm working on 
um, I mean, Al Capone is awesome. The mafia stuff is awesome. But now I'm doing cowboy stuff. I'm doing German Nazi, you know, material. Wow. Um, I have a client in Austria. So the list goes on, but it, it is, it's beyond fascinating. It, it really oh, is. I would say so. But just to highlight a bit, you found silver bars of Al Capone's on, on how many, how many acres was it? Uh, I would say about 200,000 acres were owned by a farmer and um, the client brought over all these rolls of plats from different farms and he said, okay, which farm? And I, and I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm going to look like a fraud. <laughs> and at the time I charged very little. So um, I touched one. Um, and so in other words, it was several different farms at about 200,000 acres oh and it was crazy. And I thought, this is crazy. So I touched the first one, nothing. Second one, nothing. So in other words, no reaction. So yeah. I tell people, if you get a reaction, pay attention to that reaction. Right. So finally, um, the fourth one, and there were two or three more left, I touched the uh, plat and my hand felt like lightning had hit it and burnt my hand. Mm. It, and I said, bingo. <laughs> wow. So, um, and you have to remember, you have to plug in your head all these details. The year of the missing treasure, whose treasure is it? Uh, how did it happen? I do the who, what, when, where, how. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people don't do that. I, that's my protocol, which will be in my book eventually. And I think a lot of people, if they tried that protocol, you're going to be a lot happier and a lot more accurate. Gotcha. Well, that, it's amazing because uh, not many people can say, I mean, I don't understand how that wasn't front page news somewhere. Was it at some point? Like, no, no. You know what they did? Um, okay. They, they, um, they took the silver and smelted it and, um, the, a jeweler, you know, put it down to, you know, I guess actually, you know, they took it out of the bars, but the bars were numbered. And I said, Oh my God, this is a movie. Right. You know, it's, it's rare. It's unique. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Sounds like you're getting distant from the mic. What happened? I had to throw a cat out the door. <laughs> no um, wonder. <laughs> Why is yeah, there a cat in there anyways? My God, what is this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, how did that cat sneak in here? So um, I think the exciting part is you have to know a lot about the person you're searching out. Um, Al Capone worked with Ray Nitty, and Al had Ray hide the bars, so it was one of he was one of the team members, and Ray Nitty became one of the dons after Al Capone went to prison, and then they said that Ray Nitty killed himself. He didn't kill himself. He was murdered by somebody else who eventually became the don and ruled for a number of years. Right. But you kill this guy, Ray Nitty. Where's the treasure? He's not right, gonna, right. Dead guy tells no tales, right? <laughs> yeah. It's cool. So, but you, 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 as a reward, you got a silver bar. That is mind blowing. So, I yeah. know that I know the story that happened after that, but yeah. that's amazing. So, but it, another fabulous story that it's just like I don't think any anybody in the psychic realm has gained such a title uh, from the Smithsonian Institute. Yep. Yep. You know, the thing I learned is that you have to have credibility. So you have to be in the right magazine. And if you're really good, you'll have to take a risk and you'll have to take their test in order to get into the magazines um, or give a read that makes an impact on the uh, host or hostess or the writer. And I did. I found two of his missing objects. He was a journalist and he was in shock. And it was fun. I mean, it was a great story. Um, it's from January issue 1998, or if I'm wrong, 1996, and the writer journalist was Jack Hope. Wow. Um, it was a great article. It's all about dowsing, but um, I combine my psychic work and dowsing because you can do a lot more location work and a lot more accurate. And a lot of psychics don't douse. I mean, they're doing it with ghost hunting and entertainment because right. it's a visual. Um, but when it comes to finding missing objects, it's sort of mandatory. I mean, it's, it's just, it's mind blowing to me because not, I don't know anybody who can, can put everything on the line like that because he said, if you don't find these objects, I'm going to bash you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or I'm going to glorify you. It's like, well, okay then. And you accepted the challenge and 
you got a great write-up in the Smithsonian Institute magazine. That's I, I know it's it's it. I was shocked too. It was half a page, <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, "Oh my God, I did it!" Um, but the, the, the thing about this work, just like your work, is you have to be consistent, and you have to be yeah. consistently good. So I call it the good, bad, and ugly of the paranormal because if you're wrong one time, you get bashed. Yeah. Um, if people want to be your friend and you don't want to be your friend, they'll bash you. Um, they can't come over and get more freebies. They'll bash you. I mean, it's really competitive, that's, but that's you, terrible. That's it's really, the business. It is. Yeah. But you know, now to get to this, this topic that you don't talk about and, and, uh, it's, it's, I feel honored to be honest that, uh, you'd, you'd want to talk about this here on, on my show to talk about your near death experiences. So, uh, tell us a, a bit about that and, and uh, how you feel it played into your gifts. Well, so um, I had several near-death experiences. And um, what I want to share to pe with people is everybody has a different near-death. Um, so far, I've seen some consistencies. Um, yours, of course, was a little different. You got to meet Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, when I went up there um, on my third near-death, um, and even my fourth, um, they took me right to the source. They took me to God. But on my first near death, um, I was about seven. My head was sliced up from Bob wire and my head was bleeding profusely. And the babysitter put me to bed. And it was really odd. These two people walked in the room and they were wearing, um, I would say a priest's outfit or a monk's outfit. And they told me at seven, we're your real parents. And I'm looking around the room thinking, okay, okay. And uh, they were definitely wearing, um, she wasn't wearing a nun's outfit, but she was wearing um, a, a long black dress or something, just like she was working with the church. And she goes, we're from China, you're from China. And I said, okay, and we're here to save you. So they said, we're gonna heal you. And then your whole life is gonna change again at 27. Something like this is gonna happen to you at 27. And I thought, Oh, joy. Wow. Um, but so these two people were really nice, but when they touched my head, it burnt like holy moly. And um, they told me a bunch of things. They told me about my past lives. I mean, I'm seven years old. In, in a seven-year-old's mind, everything is literal, you know, like it, it, it's, it's one of those where, oh, the pen is yellow, the pen is pink, the pen is blue. And so, you know, my mind is thinking, okay, so I'll have to watch out or be mindful of 27. And I really didn't think much about it or tell much many people about it. Uh, my siblings, um, all, all four of my siblings were with me when my head got sliced up. And my sister brought that up the other day. Did anything ever come out of that? Did you get stitches and all that? And I said, no, huh. no, they didn't. I didn't have to have stitches. No, that doesn't make sense. You had to have stitches. So no, the babysitter put me to bed with blood everywhere. And um, my other mom and dad, um, and actually one thing cool about that scenario was they told me the part of China I was going to be in. And um, I think it starts with an S. I, I pulled it up one day trying to find the city and the hill and everything. Um, there was a war going on. Um, they told me they're coming to kill us because there was a war going on and a big battle, I think, with the Japanese and Chinese. And it was really scary. And they gave me very specific information about where I lived. And I pulled it up and I pulled up pictures and I felt like I knew it right away. I was like, hmm, that's pretty scary. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was scary, wow. but, but it was accurate. I mean, I think the coolest thing about some of my past lives was, you know, they tell you nasty stuff like, oh, one time you got your head cut off. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Um, but another time they told me you were black in Africa and you were in, um, a group in with a, a group of women that the whole group was just black women and they would go out and hunt for food and they brought up their own children and they would kidnap mom uh, men, mom no men to procreate and they'd either kill them or send them away and I found out years later uh, in my 20s, there was a group of black women in Africa. Wow. And um, that's what they did. They wouldn't allow men to be in their troop. And um, I thought, wow, that's sort of alarming. Okay. Wow. That's, but, that's amazing. So you got uh, clarification and 
<laughs> and, and certainly it was proven to you that this is a something that, it, it, that existed. Exists. That's wild. It, it was wild. And I didn't have a problem with the race. I was just, when I saw the pictures that came in regarding the environment, I was more scared because of course in Africa, lions, tigers, and bears, you know, oh. <laughs> you know, I, 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 my mind was more on that, but yeah. that was, that was really eye-opening when I found the details on it, that it existed. Same thing with the um, China life. That was super cool. So that was, that was number yeah. one. Okay. So. That was number one. So, all right. And, and, you know, just to clarify for myself, like the near-death experiences, I saw angelic like beings. Um, I was to, to meet God on one occasion, um, but it, it's, it's a whole long story. But yeah, my encounters were, he just, Jesus showed up. <laughs> so it was just wild, but continue. So part, yeah, but so that was part one, go to part yeah, two. Yeah, but you know, that's the thing. Everybody's uh, near death is, is, is different. And yeah. what I thought was interesting is, you know, the first scenario, I know other people were in the room with the, um, the priest or the minister, whatever he was. But what was interesting, I, I, I knew that it was a group of people that came in the room and I thought, well, that's weird. Um, and so I know it wasn't Jesus and I know it wasn't angels, but beings were there, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I recall them being all white. So every experience I had was pretty much different. Um, so the second one was, <clears throat> and my twin had one too at this location. There's a lake near Danville, Virginia, and everybody talked about the lady of the lake and um, she would save people. <clears throat> and we would go swimming there and I almost drowned uh, because I, stupid me, I um, got too deep and I couldn't swim up and so forth. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm drowning. Okay, this sucks. And um, I guess I was eight or nine and I remember trying to hit the bottom of the lake and it was because it was sand and this woman is flying at me and I thought to myself it, it was almost like an alligator coming at you and so it, it, you have fear and then you have uh, a knowing that relief maybe, <laughs> maybe she's coming to take me to heaven I wasn't sure because she was sort of angelic yeah. So here's the thing is we can't define whether it was the lady of the lake or an angel because it, it had certain characteristics that were um, sort of like the, like a jagged dress on that was all white. So it could have been the ghost. It could have been, um, it could have, it could have been the angel. I really don't know which, but I remember her pulling me up to the top of the water and then she, my twin sisters and I were talking and she goes, Oh, that happened to me too. Wow. So, same, yeah. same scenario. Same lake. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. But when you're a kid, you don't talk about it because you're thinking you, you experience it and you move on. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, I, I understand. It's like, mm -hmm. it's just one of those things. We don't, we don't sit there and judge and, and we're just like, Oh, okay. So that happened going on. I'm going to go continue to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly, yeah, I'm going to keep going swimming, but I'm not going to go that far out. And um, they did not put life vests on us, which my father's very um, into life jackets and all that. He's written four books on canoeing. So some people do know who my father is from the canoeing trade. Mm. Um, and that, that was really an eye opener. Yeah. But um, I didn't drown, but I, I did, I did start floating downward, downward, downward. And I was like, well, I'm sort of screwed. Yeah. Um, but it didn't hurt. And that's what I wanted to talk to you and your, your listeners today about how near death affects people and so forth. Oh, please do. So let's, yep. let's get into it. Yep. So do you want to hear about age 27 and what let's, happened? Yeah, I want it all. I, I mean, honestly, this is your first time that you're really cracking uh, open this can of worms. So yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going into excessive detail, but I yeah. feel right now people need to know because of COVID and so forth. And my father has COVID is that you oh, so sorry i know i know it's horrible it, it's really an eye-opener but the thing about near death when my 27th birthday birthday right before my 20 28th birthday um i did uh i did come down with kidney failure i was 104.5 or you know going way up there i went to the emergency room not knowing i was sick and they said we're going to admit you and i was like what why i mean i knew i was i had a temperature but i just never thought about it i mean we all forget about little things like your kidneys, your bladder, 
certain things. And I tell people, you've got to be your own health advocate. And, um, but I was in a lot of pain when I was at the hospital, just thinking, oh, it'll go away. So eventually they carted me upstairs and um, I, I know I died. <laughs> and I, I was uh, taken um, to an area where, well, first of all, the pain was gone. Yeah. So I want to tell a lot of people, when you lose your loved one, the good news is the pain is gone. I mean, when I say pain, I mean, ooh, it's, it's like having an appendix, they say, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it was very painful, but I got to this new level when I left my body, whatever. And I left my body in like a little bubble or something, but I'm still myself. And um, it was almost like there was fog there and I was meeting people. And what was super amazing was that um, I was greeted by people that were family members and they actually walked up to me and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, your, your Oma. And I oh. thought to myself, I don't, I don't have an Oma. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you dealt with that, but these people were coming to me and they were speaking foreign languages. And um, one of them was a Japanese lady and she goes, I'm your grandmother. And you used to live in Japan on this hill and your father is your grandfather from a previous life. He's my husband from a previous life. Wow. So my real father, Lewis, they were telling me, um, was I, I, they were showed me all the visions. They showed me learning how to write Japanese. Um, and they showed me um, that I lived in a town on top of a hill. And then the next thing you know is I got killed around five or six. And I'm not sure if that was the bomb from Hiroshima or what, but I just disappeared. I mean, boom, your life is over while well, I was learning how to write. Huh. And um, I remember the building I was in. Uh, I mean, but, I, but the lady was speaking to me in Japanese and it was sort of semi-telepathic, but she was also moving her mouth. So th at that time it was communication, but somehow I tried to understand some of what she was saying in yeah. Japanese. Right, right. Um, and then they switched me over to another area and they said, oh, you don't belong over here. So there were like two lines, one going one direction, probably to meet Jesus Christ. That's the impression I got. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I am so screwed. <laughs> and um, they said, no, you're going over here. And this is the, the, the area you live in. And I said, okay. Um, they were trying to explain it. But, you know, again, when you die and come back, it's sort of, it's sort of a shocker, you know, it's sort of like, is this a dream? But you, when you die, you die. I mean, you're, yeah. you're flatline. And um, so I went over to the other side to the left and um, they showed me people in line with me. Some were doctors. They told me who a future president was going to be. They told me all sorts of stuff. They told me we're going to trigger you and let you know when certain things happen in the world. And I said, okay, I think. And they were um, literally well, anointing you with psychic gifts. They were, but what had happened was I, I said, well, I assume I am dead and screwed. So am I staying here or going down south? <laughs> right, right. We're going to tell you things. So people, wow. So, yeah. they, so they planned for you to receive messages from them. And who, who were these people telling you this? Um, they just, some of them were in like a few full human being for, you know, for, for D yeah. um, wearing white robes or yes, wearing white robes. Okay. And then some came in and they were going to take me to God, to meet God. And he was sitting on this platform and I could have sworn he had a mascot with a um, bird beak. And I thought, why are you wearing that? And he goes, it's something like, well, when you're here, I have to wear this so you can't see my face. And I was like, but you're wearing a bird beak. Why do you have a bird beak? <laughs> I was nosy. I mean, you know, who am I to ask a question to God? I mean, really. So, so he was like too brilliant for your eyes to take. I guess, I guess. But wow. what was really funny is um, I said, so I'm dead. And um, can I, can I go back by chance? I haven't gotten married. I haven't had kids. And um, I would, I would really like to experience that. Um, what's the chances I, you know, I could do this. And um, I said, before you talk God, I was rude. And I said, um, I'll just talk like Kennedy did. What is it I can do for you, you know, in order to go back to make you happy? And he said, um, I'm going to give you a mission and I want you to bring my people home. I said, what people? And he goes, the ones that have disappeared. 
And I said, okay, I, I don't know how I'm gonna do that. I'm not a cop. <laughs> and um, it sort of dominoed from there. They gave me a bunch of details. Well, well and, so I've not heard this, all these details before. So yeah. He, <laughs> so this is news for me. So to bring his missing people home, like their bodies their, their, and alive, so to be to be essentially what you are today. So right. What other details? What what? Let's. The, I want to hear what what other details were. Was he? Was did he say? Um, he said, "I'm going to show you some of the people I want you to find." He goes, "You can't find them all, but some of them you can find, and I'm going to tell you when you can and when you can't, and I'll introduce information to you through dream work or through visions." Um, I want you, I'm going to show you newspaper articles of people that are missing, and I want you to go find them when it comes to you. And so it was a very, um, uh, basically, I'm not in charge. You know, he's the guy in charge. So when you miss, it's not your responsibility that you miss because it wasn't meant to be. So um, something like that. He said some people died because it was part of his plan. Okay. Um, he, and see, of course, some things he said he couldn't control. Um, he said some people decided to die instead of like 10 people. In other words, let's say I said uh, like the writing right now. And, and let's say uh, there's a girl by the name of Lisa. Let's just say a name just yeah. as an example. Mm -hmm. Well, Lisa decides she's going to die for God because she doesn't want 10 other people to die. And he said, we have this going on too. And so life is complicated. And I want you to understand that sometimes things will work and sometimes things will not work. And, um, and it's an eye opener. A, a voice, or are you getting images, or what is? No, that? it was. Um, it, I was standing there talking to God, and I I remember standing there, and there was a man in front of me that was a doctor with white hair, and he said, you know, that guy's going to go back, and you'll eventually meet him. And I said, yeah, but I can't remember his face. I mean, I just get so much input. I can't remember everything I get, and right. so right. I try. Well, can I, can I ask you what, like, so was God like, I don't know, seven foot? Was he huge? I thought uh, he was bigger. Um, I would say, uh, I thought seven foot is a good one. Six, you know, definitely not six, definitely bigger. Uh -huh. And I saw his hands. Um, I, and Were he they, said, I'm going to come to you with my hand. Human, uh, human hands. They looked human. They looked what, human to what me. What color? Um, well, he said that color didn't matter, but I thought his hands were like, I'm very pale. I would say he was definitely a little darker, okay. um, not black, but darker, yeah. like, yeah. like a nice tan, um, okay. or like between a light tan and, um, you know, definitely not pale though. And then he was wearing a robe too. A white robe. So what color was his hair? Was it shoulder length? Was it, you know? I don't remember. I just remember the beak on the face. And I remember, excuse me, I remember the Phoenicians had a, a masked man come to Egypt and he had a beaked face. Do you remember that? I do. It was, is it yeah. gold? Is it a gold color mask? Yeah, it was. And I, because I've done research on some of the things I've seen and it, it really perplexes you. Um, um, I, he did tell me they had gold in the background where he is and that's very important. And I thought, Okay, but why is it important? Yeah. And we never got to that point. So I do find, I do go after gold and treasure and that kind of thing because they're needing gold for something and I'm not quite clear on that. Um, but in time, some things just unfold in a vision and come to me and I'm, I'm shocked too and go, all right, I'll give a prediction and I'll say this and let's see what un unfolds. The image that comes to my mind when you're talking to him, I see like low lying, like, like, like clouds on the ground and like this forever <clears throat> landscape. What, what is, what's the setting? What do you see? Yeah, it did look like clouds on the ground. Yeah. Did you have that too? <laughs> I did for, uh, yeah. <laughs> I call it, call it a fog, but I mean, you yeah. can, you can call it low lying clouds. Low -lying clouds. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of yeah. like a forever landscape. Like you don't really see a wall. No, no, I didn't, I didn't see that. I just, what I thought was weird was a lot of people were going to my right and other, and then I got to go to the left, which I, I assume those are people that got to go back. Yeah. So, you know, that's the near death experience process. Um, because they kept saying, you're not, and they also mentioned to me, you're not from here, meaning earth. And I said, 
okay, then I'm not telling anybody that because nobody's <laughs> going to believe me anyway. So how did this, okay, so he tells you some details and what other details and, and how does this conversation end? Well, I met, I met, a, a, I guess they're angelic people that, that were also in charge, like his right arm, you know, man or woman. Yeah. I, I met a bunch of people that came to the um, meeting, I guess you'd call it. And um, it was really weird because they were all giving me input on what to do, how to do it and so forth. And I thought, okay, um, I'm supposed to remember all these rules and guidelines. And um, you're still in an environment where this fog or the clouds are there. Yeah. And um, I mean, I call it, that's why I said it, I call it a fog because it, it looked like you couldn't see your feet, you know, you, you, you yeah. were walking, um, but you're seeing this mist or fog or clouds and then all these people are around and then you look over. I mean, I, I never saw the pearly gates, but what was weird was I saw like, a, I don't want to call it a desk, but it, uh, you'd go up to a reception desk type of thing and they go, you go here, you go here. And it was really weird because very few of us went to the left and um, I got to go to the left. So that meant I'm back, you know? Wow. Um, I don't remember hell. They didn't talk about that. Um, I'm not on the mission that you're on with the devil and all that. Um, they did talk about evil and stuff, but I, I, it wasn't included in my mission and um, I thought, okay, all right, that's good news because the devil and all that kind of stuff, um, when I was a little kid, I used to see stuff that was evil and scary. And I just don't do well with that stuff. I mean, yeah. some, you know, <laughs> some people love horror flicks and that kind of thing. Not me. <laughs> it's not a match. Yeah, not happening. So yeah, it, I mean, it, you saw quite, so this whole experience, I mean, it, it's, you're you're quite unique in, in in having the gifts that you do because it you know some people say oh I got hit in the head and I'm psychic now woohoo you know they don't recall yeah. all the details but you're like I hung out God told me hey I'm gonna allow you to find some of my people some of them you're not gonna get I mean what a treat <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah I mean it's sort of a semi oh wow yeah. factor. And then, you know, I forgot to mention one thing, there was some beautiful music. So I finally found that music, it took me years to find that music. And um, there was a Russian musician who played some kind of weird music. And um, I, I copied it, couldn't find it. And then another guy I ran into who was a dowser said, was it this music? Because he was, I was giving him the details. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, that's the guy. I said, the angels were talking really weird um but they weren't talking russian but it was like a foreign language and communicating with themselves and then other times they were straight talking english for me um so it, it, you know you take the bad and good i mean it was very frustrating because yeah. i i had to understand everything they were giving to me which felt like very fast mm. and um but then again i w i think i was in the hospital at that time I think it was 10 to 14 days. And so, well, can I ask you though, too, before yeah. we get to that part, like, did it feel like you were in this heaven like place for a very long time and you're only yeah. dead for an, a minute or something? I mean, like how long did it feel like you were there? Um, a long time. I days? felt like I was there. I don't know. It just felt like a very long time, but I was given so much information at one time. I yeah. thought, you know, I mean, I have some ADD going on. I get it. And I don't, we ADD people um, don't always remember everything they're given. So I, when I communicate with them, when I go to sleep at night, I say, listen, would you do me a favor and give me the information slowly so I can take it in and do something with it? Um, but and, you, you and seem so, to get a lot of information coming at you at once. And it's yeah. uh you juggle a lot of different things like, like, you know, us ladies are, are able to, to handle more than guys <clears throat> just saying. So multitasking is second nature, but like, I, I think that uh, with you and I know with you that you get an image and, and you're like, you're trying to do something over here and you're like, Oh my gosh, did you see that? And it's like, you know, and I, I can't, I can't imagine the kind of input that you're getting at any given time that uh, causes, even if somebody is more easily distracted, you've got, You've got God messages coming in. <laughs> so. I, 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 sometimes, I sometimes do. I'll share one with you because I know we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, one, of my, one of my favorite 
I had two favorite stories that where God came back and talked to me and his hand was literally coming down to me and I could see his hand. And I was giving a reading to a woman and I said, Oh my God, do you see that? And, and <laughs> they don't always see what I see. And I just, it's so vis vivid. I, I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I said, don't you see that? And they go, no. And um, God said, I'm going to give this woman a lottery number. I want her to play it. And she's very good to my people and I love her. And I want to repay her because she's about to get evicted. So he's telling me the reading. Wow. Right? Yeah, it was cool as heck. And he's, he's actually giving me the reading. And he goes, tell her this, 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 and give her this lottery number. And it's going to win her some money. And tell her if she wants to give you 10%, that would be great to help you. Yeah. And um, she won quite a bit of money. She did win. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you know, he said, she's so good to my people. So there is something to do with the domino effect of, oh, I helped Peter, I helped Paul, I helped Debbie, I yeah. helped Kathy. Um, and I do do charity work, but right now I'm, I'm trying to put together a book. So right. um, I, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I tell people it, it's, um, there, is, there is a check mark, uh, a credit in heaven where if you do something really good, it does, it does help, you know, it forward. So you said there were two times he's shown up. What's the other time? Right. The second time um, I was in bed and I woke up to God's hand. He, he woke me up and he goes, look at this. And I see his hand and he goes, I'm, I love this woman and she's coming home to me. I'm bringing her home. And I want you to know she's coming home. I want you to tell um, this family that their loved one is coming home. And I said, okay. And he showed me she was a, a nun. Mm. Um, I'll, I'm going to just go with approximate names. Um, he said her name is Teresa. Okay. So Teresa, the, the nun. She's 80-something. Um, she <laughs> is from um, like Czechoslovakia or Poland or something. Uh -huh. And I said, okay. Uh, she's little. She's got white hair. So he gave me some specifics. And yeah. I said, okay. And tell them not to worry about her. So I called my sister-in-law because that's who it was for. And um, and when I see his hand coming to me, I don't piss around. That's serious stuff. It's like, <laughs> you know. Right, right. It's like, yeah. well, oh, okay, whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. You, I do react that way. I'm like, I got to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not frightening. It's just, it's almost like you're, you're talking to your colonel or your general and yes sir what, what would you like yeah how fast what color <laughs> yeah, there you go Jeez. And, yeah and so what was really interesting is i told them this woman and all the details god gave me and they go we don't have a relative like that and i said in philadelphia he even told me philadelphia we have they go we have a relative in philadelphia she is a nun i was like duh and, <laughs> um, but they go her name is mary i mm. said no, her name is Teresa. Yeah. And I gave a start, tried to give the last name, but it was really hard because it was a really tough last name. Uh. And they said no. And then the next day they called me back and they were crying and they said, our, our relative, the nun in Philadelphia did pass away. Um, wow. They said, what time did God come to you? And I said, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, that's when, that's when she died. That and they go, but her name was Mary. And I said, no, it was Teresa. <laughs> And check this out. This was the fun part. Yeah. When you become a nun, you let go of all your personal items and your name. Right. And her real name was Teresa. Ah, there it is. I, I was yeah. going to say, I'm like, don't they change your names? Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just blown away that literally, I mean, oftentimes people have a near death experience or, or an injury and they become psychic. Um, I even heard of a psychic that that sued some doctors after they had surgery and they lost their psychic abilities. Um, and it's like, but it's a real thing. This is something that uh, people become sighted or gifted after near death mm -hmm. experience. But I don't often hear God saying, "Okay, so this is this is the this is the lowdown. This is what's going to happen yeah. from here on out." So I'm I'm just blown away, and I, I'm this is a, this is an amazing story. So. It makes sense, though, why you are yeah. so accurate and, yeah. and why you're able to do what you do, because, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, well, uh, that was straight from the boss. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. And I always joke with people, Heidi got to meet Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, I, di I didn't mention two things, which I'm going to, you know, I know you're going to close up shop, but I just no, want to say this, yeah. that 
what was so funny was when I was up there, I said, Hey God, um, I don't mean to be rude. Could I meet a couple other spiritual leaders since I can't, you know, I said, where's Jesus? He goes, he's in the back. Can I meet him? And he said, no. Why? Um, he's busy. I said, okay. I said, can I meet this person and this person and this person? He goes, why do you want to meet him? I said, because I have a little time. I just want to meet him. So right. I, I said weird names, you know, some, some other religious leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I got to meet them. And then one person I said, stupidly, why would I ask this? I said, can I meet Stalin? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> why wow. would I want to meet Stalin? I'm weird. Wow. Whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's, so I got let's meet- just roll them all out. Let's see a Hitler, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a- no, I didn't ask for Hitler cause that's the evil stuff. But but I was just very fascinated by the fact that you no, know, that came out of my mouth, and I thought, yeah. okay. Well, and well, you know about place, the other room. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, well, in this place, was there a, a feeling, a sense of, uh, I don't know, love, uh, positive? Uh, it, I mean, what it, it was, was the vibe? It, it it was like it's almost like you're being shoved in a marshmallow that's hugging you, but it's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> I it, love that. <laughs> yeah, it's like. I'm in a marshmallow of love. You're in a and, <laughs> and I was like, man, this feels this feels incredible. And that's why I tell people yeah. near death is not, or even death, yes. it's okay. Because you still feel like you're breathing. Um, and you feel like you're I mean, you're not hot like being in Florida, but you're warm. But it's a it's a feeling of there is only love. I, 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 and when people say God is love, you'd have to feel that moment to say oh my god it really is it really is it's amazing um so i got lucky because i got the good stuff you know um right but they let you know there was evil though too oh they did but we didn't cover it that wasn't part of my mission right right Um, like when people call me can you work on homicide yeah but i like the missing persons or the cold cases better and um what there was one more last near death which i want to share with people that is interesting all the different near deaths were, were each and every person I met was different. The last one I was on the operating table and I flatlined and the doctor came to me afterwards and said, Hey, um, you flatlined can, you know, are you okay? Are you going to sue us? I said, why would I sue you? You saved my life. Yeah. And I mean, you know, normally you would. Um, but apparently the, um, anesthesiologist was stealing the, um, anesthesia. (laughs) And so I felt a lot of the operation that was pretty damn painful. And so that was in Washington, D.C. So that was a real learning lesson. But here's the coolest thing. During that near death, these women came to me and they flew down from heaven and they were angels, which I can't quite pinpoint the detail because I've never found them on, you know, (laughs) Google.com. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And um, they flew down and they started pushing me back in my body. I mean, I saw myself floating up. I remember the nurse saying, uh, why is she crying or why does she have tears and she's under anesthesia wow. and you're frozen when you have anesthesia and right. you can't communicate. But the next thing you know, so I'm up like maybe, I don't know, five, 10 feet from me, uh, from my body. And I'm laying there cause they're taking, they were taking out a, a large tumor and these, she's screaming up to God in this foreign language. I need more. I need help. I need help. Cause I kept saying to her, English, English. (laughs) And um, the next thing you know, she was on my right shoulder. She arrived first. Then another angel was on my left shoulder. And then like eight more women came. And that's what's weird. Only women came and they were all wearing white outfits and they were all wearing, I I know this sounds really weird, almost like a jagged wing, Mm. um, but, or wings, but it wasn't wings per se, but it was, um, and they came down so quick, like a jetpack, and um, they pushed me back in my body, and I made it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they did tell me that this some kind of occurrence was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to be that bad. Um, <laughs> so I tell people, don't you know, God is there for you, and if your loved one passes, be happy for them because it's like the golden doors open and love is there, and it is the most amazing feeling. Um, Unless you're a serial killer, maybe there's a different look. <laughs> That's what I was just say. Um, huh, unless the bottom falls out from under you and you go, oh, no. Oh, yeah. gosh. I guess I shouldn't have kicked that dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, 
you know, I think it's an amazing message, especially with so much going on in the world today. It's like, mm-hmm. we've got uh, the virus going on. We've got the, the rioting and protesting and injustices and, uh, a lot of people are worried, stressed, sick, dying, unfortunately. And, and, and people are feeling inadequate when it comes to their level of faith. Uh, I, I always find that people doubt that they're perfect enough and they're screwed. They're going to go to hell anyway. So they might as well keep on screwing up. And, and I'm like, hold it. Jesus said the faith, the size of a mustard seed and you'll be okay. You know, stop being so rough on yourself. So I, yeah. I really want to thank you so much for joining us. And I want people to know how they could reach you if you could put that information out. And and Jeanette is up for hire, everybody. I mean, it's not often that you can access somebody that's as uh, gifted as she is. But um, please put all your information out there, Jeanette. Sure, sure. Do you want to give you my telephone number just in case? Everything is fine. Okay, so my website is reach Jeanette, R-E-A-C-H, Jeanette, G-I-N-E-T-T-E.com. Reach Jeanette, R-E-A-C-H, Jeanette, G-I-N-E-T-T-E.com. Did I, did I say that earlier? Yes, yes. <laughs> and? I didn't, I didn't <laughs> it's okay. And then, and then my home telephone number is 571-358-1444 in Virginia, 571-358-1444. And, um, you know, please call during good hours. <laughs> uh, East Coast. <laughs> yeah, don't call me at 2 a.m. Thank you, because I'm not yes. picking up. <laughs> uh, thank you all for having me, Heidi. It was really fun. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for coming on here again. And of course, we'll do it again. And you guys, whoo, remember, you can catch me here on Angels to Aliens with me, Heidi Hollis, the Outlander on Believe. And please go to HeidiHollis.com and tell me about your stories, anything that you've got concerns about and i'll do a special show answering those emails and remember if you enjoy the show please subscribe and rate the show on itunes and we're available on spotify google play stitcher luminary tune in and remember you can always catch us at believe b-l-e-a-v.com and at believe podcast and know you can find me on social media at one heidi hollis at most of the social media out there and remember Come back here, and uh, thanks for joining me. Remember, always, if it's weird, we're here. Good night, everybody. Angels to Aliens. From ghost stories to angel encounters. Bigfoot sightings. Alien abduction. Near-death experiences. And more. Get advice and insight with Angels to Aliens. With Heidi Hollis. The Outlander. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.